Hello and welcome to the Wednesday show. We got a couple of basketball games to preview, including one, which is the reason why I'm doing this show from a Marriott in New Orleans, which is where we are with women's basketball for their game against Tulane. We'll have that one on Bulls Unlimited 2. We'll start at 645 with a 7 o'clock tip. And also the men are on the road in Dallas where Jim Lighthall will be on the microphone starting at 730 with the pregame. You can hear that one on Bulls Unlimited Bulls and SMU at 8 o'clock. You'll hear all about the opponents again in our second segment. We'll tell you what else is going on around campus, and it's a lot more here in our first segment. And we'll end the hour with Around the American. There were a couple of women's basketball games last night. Also some other news to fill you in on. Now we continue to await the expected impending news here on Bulls Beat. In fact, maybe by the time you hear this, as we're recording this relatively early on a Wednesday morning, it'll already be official, but it seems like it's been building and reported and just a matter of time before it officially gets announced that Travis Trickett will be the new offensive coordinator. We talked about him on Monday's show and his not just success as an offensive coordinator, but as a recruiter, and that does seem to be a big, big draw. I've seen actually some folks speak about how great he is in the Florida and Tampa Bay area as far as recruiting goes. I'm sure that might have had something to do with the decision, which again is not official as we're taping this, but one thing that I missed when we spoke about it on Monday's show is a tweet that he put out, and this was actually on Sunday night. It's a picture of he and his wife and their three kids, and it was pretty much a farewell to West Virginia. In fact, if you want to go to at Coach, the letter T, Trickett, go ahead, Coach T. Trickett, and it's his pinned tweet, which means it's pretty much out there that he's leaving West Virginia. He thanks the head coach there, head coach Neil Brown, and he says, thank you, players and coaches, forever grateful for the relationships. Mountaineer Nation, we love you. Yep, that's uh, saying goodbye. And, of course, the next thing on his Twitter page, as I'm saying this, is retweeting Coach Jeff Scott. (laughs) And that was a photo of the building that's going on right now that's going to be the indoor performance facility. So, yeah, those are pretty two clear indications that he is going to be the next offensive coordinator for the Bulls, and we'll have maybe more on it on tomorrow's show. Meanwhile, football, and tell you what, if you want to get a no. It's really early, but if you want to get a little excited, watch some of these videos that USF Football Twitter is putting out from their working out. That's all they're doing right now, but I'm telling you, just from a couple of glances, you can see some guys. There's a great video on the USF Football Twitter page from a few days ago with Tamarcus Simpson, especially you sort of pushing through that last squat and giving it that satisfied look and then a big-time yell afterwards. Donovan Jennings, just from a glance, looks like he's shaped up even better and good to see Dwayne Boyles. I guess pretty soon we'll be actually giving you the spring practice reports, but right now football is in the workout strength and conditioning stage and, of course, able to have some of the newcomers to the team take part. So that's a big benefit. And, you know, I said earlier in the week on Monday's show that track and field season starts this weekend as they're headed to the Commodore Challenge on the campus of Vanderbilt in Nashville, actually looking at the schedule for that. The Friday events will be the basically the throws, the pole vault, and the jumps. And then the running events will be the longer distance events, including the 200. Then Saturday, when you get into more of the sprinting events sprinkled in there as well. So we'll have track and field indoor season beginning results to give you. USF, if you're wondering, of course, doesn't host any events in the indoor season because they don't have an indoor track, but the outdoor season does begin in the middle of March, and that will be right away 
at Tampa at the Bulls Invitational. USF will also host the South Florida Invitational a month later, so track and field starting to get busy. Another sport that is practicing is tennis. That began on Friday. I ran into women's coach Christina Moros, and I said, I know you guys are getting started soon. She's like, yeah, Friday. Oh, okay. Well, I knew that. Of course, they're getting ready for their season, which begins, believe it or not, next weekend. They're going to Tallahassee to play Florida A&M and then driving down to Gainesville the next day to take on the Florida Gators. They will not be at home until February the 4th against UNF, but that begins a long stretch of home matches, so some of these sports can sneak up on you, and I gotta admit, tennis has on me, but I am all here for it, ready to roll, and the men basically begin in two Fridays from this Friday, and they will be starting off with a match at Georgia State, and that's ahead of their big official kickoff. They are part of the ITA kickoff, which is really the event that has all the marquee tennis teams, the top 64 in the country. There was a draft for this. You actually got to pick, and the higher you rank, the higher in the order you get to pick where you go. The top, I think, 15 or 16 teams in the country get to host Georgia was one of them, and Ashley Fisher has the Bulls going to Georgia where they will open up against Virginia Tech and hopefully be playing Georgia in the finals, but that is still a few weeks away. Also, a month from tomorrow begins the softball season, and on Tuesday, the American Athletic Conference released the findings of the coaches' poll. If you missed it with baseball a couple of weeks back, the coaches pegged the defending champion USF Bulls of Billy Moll to finish sixth which sounds like a little bit of an insult until you look at it and you see that East Carolina was the obvious number one. And then really it was a, not quite coin flip, but very close between two and six. And frankly, that's exactly how it was last year. And the Bulls actually did finish six before going on their run. Well, the softball team is picked to finish where it finished last year, and that is in second place. And if you look at the results of the poll, it's really obvious that the top three teams are going to be Wichita, USF, and UCF. If you do the math. Those are the top three of everybody. Just so happens the order was Wichita getting four first place votes, 33 points. USF, one first place vote, 31 points. And UCF, the other two first place votes and 29 points. Then it's a drop off of 10 points to Houston just ahead of Tulsa. And then another drop off to the bottom two, six and seven Memphis and East Carolina. Remember last year, the Bulls were in control of getting the number one seed at the end of the season and won the first game against UCF. They had to win that series, so they had to win two of the final three and ended up getting swept in a doubleheader on Saturday. And then Sunday was just sort of the way things played out. And then they lost in the semifinals to UCF. And that was, to me anyway, the end of the season. But they got that fourth seed in the Gainesville Regional. And they turned around and did a great job in Gainesville, lost in walk-off fashion. You know, we did the best of 2021 show as far as the top 21 moments. And we started that two-hour special on Tuesday, actually in place of Bulls beat. We'll run it a lot. I had forgotten that the Bulls, in that first game against the Gators, the Gators had pulled their starting pitcher, who had a no-hitter going, for a lefty-on-lefty matchup. And it didn't work. The Bulls got their first hit and should have taken the lead. And now three and one with Cronister, the pitcher, to Bethany King. Here's the delivery and up the middle, and it's a base hit! Here comes Bruni, decent throw, and she got her, wow! And they get the pinch runner, Zweig, at third. Amazing. The Bulls get their first hit, 
and on a great throw in the outfield from Lindsay, they get wiped off the base paths. A double play, just simply amazing. Keen beat it into the ground, and you know fa how fast Bruni is. Lindsay's throw was offline, but that actually benefited the Gators because if it had been online with her speed, of course, Bruni is going to score. And then you certainly can't blame the pinch runner, Zweig, for trying to get to third on the throw home, and the catcher nails her. So the no-hitter is off the books, but the Gators have all the momentum. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. That was the thing about putting together that show. We all remember the, the big moments, right? The ending, the final outs for baseball. But a lot of things happen during the course of the game. As a matter of fact, even though the show is already two hours, there's a chance I might flesh that thing out even more in the end. Just put 21 different posts on our SoundCloud page, the Unlimited Unloaded page, and you can go back and listen to those whenever you want. But kind of busy right now with basketball, so that might be down the road. Anyway... Bethany Keene, who you just heard get that hit, she is going to spend her final year at Florida State. And that's the thing. The Bulls do have a lot of big bats to replace. Anne-Marie Bruni is no longer going to be playing. Kendall Williams, who is going to UAB, is going to pursue her further education. They're not going to play softball. I bring that up because she was, in the end of things, a big bat in the middle of the lineup. Brooke Hartman, who was on and off, actually kind of got replaced at third base by Alana Rivera, but that's another big name gone, as is the speedy left fielder. Brooke Leistel, who, if you missed it, has gone on to a teaching position and is already the softball head coach at Armwood High School. So the Bulls do have a lot of bats to replace, and if you look at their roster on GoUSFBulls.com, of course, you see everybody there. Already the photo shoot photos are up, which is kind of cool, and a lot of new faces. In fact, Eight true freshmen on the team, and then four redshirt freshmen who we have not seen yet. The Bulls do add some recognizable names. I know Emma Humplick, who is out of Orange, Texas, gained national notoriety for her home run hitting display. Well, the Bulls hopefully can incorporate her bat. Still about a month away from seeing who exactly sorts themselves into the starting lineup. They do return two key members at the top of the lineup. Alexis Johns, who transferred in from FIU and did a great job. She started off as the nine-hitter, ended up as the leadoff man. And then Megan Piero, probably going to bat right after her in the lineup. And, of course, Georgina Korik is back, and that is a big deal. But she won't be alone. They added, if you missed it, a big-time experienced pitcher from East Carolina previously, Aaron Pepping. So we're about a month away. The schedule does begin, and I can tell you I'll be on the microphone. At least the plan is right now. It looks like I'll be able to be on the microphone for the first three games. I'm probably going to pull Jay Retcher in for that Sunday game because basketball is playing on February the 13th. But Thursday, February the 10th, Illinois State. Next day against Kansas City. Saturday the 12th against Michigan. And Sunday the 13th against a team called the Florida Gators. And while I'm mentioning it, Kendall Williams, I mentioned UAB, and then sort of pulling that together with the fact, as you heard me say, that there's only seven teams in the conference when UConn left. It went from eight to seven. And, of course, with UCF and Houston leaving for the Big 12 in a couple of years, if you're wondering where does that leave softball, actually not in a terrible spot. You know the six teams that are coming into the conference, five of them play softball. 
and two of them, Charlotte and North Texas, namely, were the two division winners in the Conference USA last year. North Texas went 18 and 2 in conference play, 38 and 12 overall. Charlotte was the winner of the East Division, and also UAB itself was 31 and 19 playing in the Conference USA. So they're picking up some pretty good programs, five of them as a matter of fact. So in a couple of seasons we'll be back to a 10 team softball conference, but right now in the 7 team conglomeration, the Bulls are picked to finish second. Coming up next, we'll preview tonight's basketball action. That's USF women against Tulane here in New Orleans and the men in Dallas against SMU. That's next on Bulls Beat. Stay tuned. <laughs> 